Hey everybody, and hello humans. This is Not A Robot's DC Comic Review Show. This week, we finish up their first month in the Infinite Frontier. We are covering The Flash, number 768, Strange Adventures, number 9, Superman vs. Imperious Lex, number 3, and Batman Catwoman, number 4. My name is Brandon, and today I've got my amazing co-host here with me, Rob. Run, Barry. Run. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> And Josh. Hello, humans. We're here to summarize, analyze, and editorialize every issue we cover without worrying about what the publishers think. We are on Twitter at NotARobotComics. Rob is at Rob underscore 2814. And I remain allergic to Twitter, but that may change someday. <laughs> we all answer show mail sent to NotARobotComics at gmail.com. The next part is dedicated to those that support us with their hard-earned money, but that's not the only way you can. Like, subscribe, download, and share our episodes as much as possible. It helps get the word out, and that's the best kind of advertising. Now is the time to say a big thank you to the humans who help us support the podcast. They subscribe to our Patreon with tiers starting at just $1 a month so that we can make sure to keep bringing you more content. This is the Not A Robot Must Be A Human shout-out and roll call. And that shout-out goes to our humans, Weird Science Jim, Blue Mondays, Hollister, and Crockett. A big salute to all of you, and an even bigger thank you. So what are you waiting for? Sign up now and show us you just might be a human after all. And get a shout-out on the Not A Robot Must Be A Human roll call. Alright guys, what's new this week? Uh, the Flash, honestly, big news. I I didn't say Run, Barry, Run just because I thought it was fun, like... It's been on my mind this week. The TV show. Mm-hmm. We're finally getting uh, more Williamson stuff. And if you nice. guys watch it. I used to. I, I watched yeah. until like season. Oh man. What is it on? Season 100 right now. I think <laughs> I, uh, I think I watched until like. All right. So I watched the flash all the way up until arrow ended. Okay. So whatever season mm-hmm. that was. Oh yeah, no, you got farther than I did. I think I got up to like season three, and then I was, was kind of like, eh, probably a good place to stop. Lost my, lost my interest. <laughs> oh, they they started doing the forces now. Oh. The four forces, yeah. Yeah, no, oh, that is really? recent. Yeah, like the forever force and the and like the the, the, the force strength and all that. force. Yeah, the still still yeah. force in them. Yeah, and That's impulse cool, is coming this season too. Uh, there's supposed to be a forever force like once you collect all of them together right that's what that's what they call it I think that'd it be was a pretty cool that'd yeah. be a pretty cool uh thing to see on a tv show mm-hmm. yeah and then I, I i haven't kept up with the show but i i heard they're bringing in bart allen or something yeah yeah he's been oh, cast yeah. that would be kind of cool yeah i know they had him on smallville but you know not the I same think, thing man not the same yeah. thing yeah not no offense, not, Jared. Not my that. brother listens to this one, so uh, I, that's going to tick him <laughs> off. He's probably seen Smallville. I mean, I don't know how many times, but I bet you it's at yeah. least a dozen. Like, yeah. from start to finish. That's quite the show. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a pretty good show. Yeah. Uh, this week, I had to get my septic pump, and that, so that was fun. Oh. And, of course, you got to go out and check and see it and, and make sure that it's completely empty, so that was expensive. <laughs> and gross (laughs) yeah so there's a couple of things dc comic related to talk about other than just saying justice league was awesome and i want to see more (laughs) apparently dwayne the rock johnson wants to see more too he apparently wants to face off against snyder's justice league 
and there's something out there that's saying that he has exclusive creative control over the Black Adam movie franchise. Oh, so uh, supposedly his decisions have more weight than the WB executives. <laughs> now, again, this is all just rumors, wow. but that would be awesome, man. If anybody yeah, would have more say over WB, it'd be Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Right? Yeah, I mean, maybe. he's he's arguably know. the biggest movie star in the world. Yeah. So, I mean, hell, if 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 anybody could make it happen, I suppose it would be him, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> would they call it the Rockverse after that, though? <laughs> yeah, something oh, like that. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so there's 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 one more bit of DC news. I guess DC didn't learn their lesson when they asked if they should kill Jason Todd. I'm just kidding, but they are <laughs> they are asking for our opinions again. In a tournament bracket, round-robin style, we've been given a specific list where we can vote on predetermined pairings of titles. The winners will progress to the next round, and you can vote on the DC Comics Twitter page. That's at DC Comics, of course. It's at the very top, and it's a pinned tweet, and it's easy to vote right there. You can find descriptions of the stories for the titles in the community section of the DCUniverseInfinite.com website. I want you to consider the pairings as I read them, though. So the pair-offs right now are a Green Lantern's book with Kyle Rayner up against a book about Etta Candy leading an all-female team. That's the first one. The Brave and the Bug with Ambush Bug versus a bunch of other Ambush Bugs or a solo book about Zatanna. A weird Lobo slash Animal Man book, or one about the son of the Creeper. A book about all of the Robins talking at a coffee shop, or a book about Justice League Queer. And that's the actual name, and I just want to say that I think that they could have came up with something totally different. Like, just when I heard that, I'm like, why didn't they? They could have called it JLI, like Justice League Inclusive or something. I mean, yeah, it was probably yeah. a working title. Justice League Queer like a was. Working uh, title. Yeah, no, it's, I hope it's, so. Yeah, it sounds like a working title because I feel like you wouldn't put a, a book out on the, on the market like that. Not that there's no place for it, more just like, you know, you need something a bit more creative than um, just JLQ. Right. I mean, I get it that, you know, Q is part of the LBTQ community is part is that's queer, but still, I mean, I just feel like there's a, you could, you could have put something better on there. I think inclusive Mm -hmm. or something along those lines would have worked better. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So that sounds like a working title, but, um, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the next one is a Jesse quick book where she loses her powers, up against Jimmy Olsen and Super Pets, a Blue Beetle solo book versus a book featuring Night Runner, and a Swamp Thing book. I love how they have to do a round-robin style tournament just to give us a Blue Beetle book again. It feels kind of pathetic. And and, and I like Night Runner. I mean, we haven't seen Night Runner in quite a long time. Not like Batman. um, Night Runner was pretty cool. A Swamp Thing book that isn't Alec Holland or the new Avatar, but someone else in the past. And that's running against something called Suicide Squad 7 that's being led by Harley Quinn. And finally, you can vote for either an Asteria solo adventure. Spoiler alert, that's... That's who Linda Carter played at the end of the last Wonder Woman movie. Or you get a Superman and suited-up, super-powered Lois on a mission in space. Oh. Doesn't it seem like these 
are slightly tilted here, these brackets. Yeah. I feel like there's there's no chance of a Justice League queer or whatever you call it mm-hmm. when it's up against a book with the Robins in it. Yeah. Jesse Quick or the Super yeah, Pets. It, I, I don't I'm know. sorry, but ev- the, the the crowd is going to pick Super Pets every time. Yeah. I, 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 I have not casted my vote yet, but I'm going to say something that's going to yeah. get me fired from this podcast. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's that I will not, regrettably, will not be voting for the Robins book because we kind of already have a Robin book right now, and it feels kind of uh-huh. weird to have a Robin and then a Robins book. Unless it was a mini series, but even then, that might be a bit confusing just in terms of the sales market. So I'm afraid my vote will likely have to go to the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern book. I know woe is me that I have to choose between those two, but oh I no, think I have the, to the Kyle Rayner Green Lantern book is going up against an Etta Candy book. Yeah, no, I'm I'm confident in that yeah, one. Yeah, so the the Robin's book is going up against Justice League Queer. Yeah, no, it seems like DC's definitely trying to tap into the the March Madness market, trying to get people. Yeah, to definitely, pick right? Their, uh, pick their winning one. So it, I'm, I'm putting it, it all it, on it's Kyle just Rayner. Weird man. You oh, you think that's uh-huh. who's going to go all the way? I hope so. I mean, I feel like it'll probably be Robbins, but in my heart, again, I just like, I, if you already I, have I don't a Robin, know, man. Like, I hope. I hope people go to the website and see what it is because, yes, it's a Robin's book. And, yes, everyone loves when the sidekicks get together. I get that because they're awesome characters. But the premise of the book is them just sitting around in a coffee shop talking. Well, I'm I'm assuming there's going to be more because they talked about, like, they're going to give the creative teams and the pitch. And, honestly, I I mean, I know we have to vote now, but... Like, I feel like I really wouldn't make up my mind until I knew who was writing the book, right? Because if you've got someone absolutely incredible to do a Robin's book, like, you know, let's say Peter Tomasi, who knows those characters, I'd say, better than anyone. And yeah, it'd be pretty hard yeah, to justify you it. There. If you If you got, like, yeah, Peter Tomasi to do the Robin's book, and then you got, like, I don't know, you know, maybe someone who's not as well known, but I'm sure could do a good job, but just not as well known to do the Kyle Rayner book. I'd probably put more faith in the Robbins book than I would the Green Lantern, just because I'm familiar with the creative team. But you're just yeah. dismissing all the other books that are there. Saying, but, <laughs> <laughs> These are going to be the last two that are in Mortal Kombat. I just, I know it. I know, <laughs> I know, I know my market well. I know my my comic book fandom well. I mean, yeah, I would I, I kill to have a Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle. Yeah, no, you know, that's, that's I would love point. that, but like... I, I also want to see a Night Runner book. Yeah, I would. That's that disappointing, and I have to vote for Blue Beetle because I love Jaime uh-huh. Reyes. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, I'm pissed. Yeah, no, it 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 is a real sad sign of the times <laughs> that they have to put him in a contest just to give him a book. I mean, I don't mind the contest, but maybe... Oh, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. It just feels like, you know, all of them have clear-cut winners here in, in the first yeah. round, at the very least. Mm. Well, there, there are some... In If you go to the voting pages, there are some percentages shown. And there's still, like, six days left in the voting, but some have clear victories already. Yeah. Like like, Green yeah. Lanterns is winning by 74%. Yeah. Which one is? It's Green Lanterns beating Etta Candy, 74 what? to 26 Right, because yeah. there's no chance that Etta Candy is going to win over any Green Lantern book. Yeah. You see what yeah. I'm saying? It's just a little, it's a little tilted. Uh, you you know, have, everyone's uh, going to vote for Superman and Lois and not Asteria. 
no matter whether or not she was in the Wonder, well, Wonder Woman movie or not. Well, because right you're going to have a crowd of people who are just like, who the hell is Asteria? You know what I mean? Right. But they know Superman and Lois. Because I, I'm, I'm worried that people are going to go to the Twitter poll and they're not going to read the descriptions of the books and they're just going to make their vote based on the, the, the titles of the books or the people yeah. in them. Where where's that poll at right now with uh, Superman and Lois versus Wonder Woman? Believe it or not, Asteria's winning fifty two percent to forty eight percent. Ooh, wow, yeah. that's pretty so that's, cool. That dude. is, but it, I mean, that's, that's still the, really close. Oh, that's not the closest match, actually. Swamp Thing, fifty one percent. Suicide Squad seven forty nine percent. So yeah, I'd be really interested tight. in reading both of those ones too. Yeah, they both yeah. sound interesting. All right, should I quit my rant now? No, please keep going. <laughs> that, this is fun. It's just, I, I, I feel like these beginning brackets are already a little set up and one-sided, man. Yeah, you know, and I feel like, dude, I would love to read a Lobo and Animal Man book. I mean, that's such an odd pairing, and apparently Lobo is supposed to be the good guy in this, so that's odd. But ever since reading the Creeper in tom taylor's deceased i i really want to read this son of the creeper book man son of the creeper yeah he he made me give a shit about the creeper what can i say (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, they all all these books sound really interesting though i'm not gonna lie and you know honestly there's another thing i'm I'm disappointed that we don't get a you know uh, (laughs) this is gonna sound stupid everybody's gonna say what and you have a problem with crime syndicate but (laughs) (laughs) i i would love to see like a solomon grundy's uh mini like a like a three issue give me a three issue story arc that's just a solo from solomon grundy and that would be cool as hell i'm surprised no one's Uh, tried it before it sounds yeah. like I would like would to do. see uh, Stefan St- uh, Sedgwick do it. Mm. He could he could draw that like crazy man, and he'd be really good at the story too. Oh yeah. Put it on black label yes. so it can get a little ridiculous. So yeah, Solomon Grundy just tear people. But yeah, no, I, I fully expect that some of these titles are just going to get absolutely trounced, and some of them might have a fighting chance. Like you said, with uh, Swamp Thing and Suicide Squad, but yeah, no, uh, putting putting Justice League Queer versus Robins, putting Etta Candy versus Green Lanterns, any Green Lantern, it's just no contest. Yeah. No, it's not. And I mean, the Super Pets are going to beat the hell out of Jesse Quick, I think. Really? But I, I might, I, I might I, put yeah. more stock in Jesse Quick, just because I think there are a lot of like Flash family yeah. fans who might want to see that. I mean, that's true, but, I mean, she hasn't really been a huge character, and I'm worried that, again, people are going to say super bets. Like, it's gonna, I'm worried that the vote's going to swing more yeah. pop culture-based than it will than it will mm. comic fan-based. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I know for me, like I said, I'm hoping it's either Green Lanterns or, or I mean... As much as I might enjoy Robbins, and I, and I would almost certainly read it, I just, I don't know. I don't know if there's a place for it, unless it's a miniseries, but even then, it just feels, it would feel like it would be hard to justify buying it, because it's like I already have a Robin book, and if you want to have a Robbins team up, you could just put it in the Robin book and save yourself some right. money. Yeah. Right? 
and so I'm. I, I okay. So basically, I guess my problem is is that I want to see yes. minis of all of these. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I I do even if they're digital, and let us check them all out, and the ones that sell keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that's your regular mm-hmm. model anyway. Why not do that? Digital digital books are much smaller. People buy the ninety nine cent things or a dollar ninety nine cent things like you know pretty good. Why not go that route? All right, okay, I'm done. I'm done with my rant. <laughs> it might go that way, and like they they could have the one winner be like um like a twelve issue physical maxi series, and then the rest just be digitals. That I would take too. Yeah, <laughs> and I promise we'll cover them all. Well, I mean, kind of maybe. Yes, we will. <laughs> okay, so we probably won't cover them all, but <laughs> okay. But we can try. We'll cover the good ones. <laughs> All right. Well, we are closing out March uh, with the last week of our Infinite Frontier books. Uh, even though we only have one Infinite Frontier book out this week, we also have a brief uh, flashback to Future State and not one, but two Black Label books from everyone's favorite controversial writer, <laughs> Tom King. So let's close out this month with a bang. Rob, take us through Flash number 768. Okay, this one comes from Jeremy Adams, writing with art by Brandon Peterson, Marco Santucci, David Lafuente, with colors by Mike Atie, Arif Prianto, and Luis Guerrero, and letters by Steve Wands. So, Wally's back. Exciting. And now he's gone. Sad. Oh no! <laughs> in a meeting with the Justice League, Wally's deciding to step down from being a hero. His life has been rough recently with the kids and Linda, and he still feels guilty about what happened with Roy. Green Arrow more than agrees. Barry, on the other hand, supports Wally no matter what choice he makes, including his next one. He wants to give up his powers and needs Barry to absorb them in a race. They suit up and head to Central City for the last race they will ever have. As they go around the planet, they stop various villains in the middle of committing crimes, all while maintaining the race. Finally ready to do the speed removal, they go a little faster, and an explosion in the speed force appears behind them. It hits Wally, and he disappears, leaving behind only his costume. Barry grabs the suit and goes to run back to the Hall of Justice, but finds out his powers are gone. Now stuck in Paris, he calls Green Arrow to pick him up in a javelin. Meanwhile, Wally wakes up in prehistoric times in the body of a caveman with a mysterious lightning bolt over his left eye. After realizing he still has his speed, he tries to travel forward through time but cannot get up enough speed. His lightning attracts the attention of a velociraptor, which also has super speed, which I've dubbed the high velociraptor. (laughs) While Wally is being chased, Barry, Green Arrow, and Mr. Terrific have found a way to contact Wally through the speed force. They make contact, and after comparing notes, Barry theorizes Wally was caught in a surge of speed force energy that projected his consciousness through time into an open conduit, a being with a connection to the speed force. Due to his strong connection uh-huh. to the Speed Force, it shows him to fix whatever is wrong with it. Before they can continue, the Raptor finds Wally again, but freezes and explodes like the Speed Force did during the earlier race. The wave of energy catches Wally, and the connection to Barry is lost. Mr. Terrific is able to reestablish connection to Wally, who is now in the future in the body of Bart Allen, Impulse himself, 
but before he can form a plan, a giant dominator attacks, and Gold Beetle returns just in time to tell him to run. So, yeah, we finally get Wally back. I'm excited. Sidekicks all the way. Uh, I'm excited for Wally, yeah. period. I don't want Wally as a sidekick. I want Wally uh, as oh, a Flash. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he was the Flash when I was born, when I was growing up, and in the cartoons and the comics. This is the Flash I know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I I think I I'm like. I'm cool prefer... with Barry being a space flash. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, no, I I I prefer this setup because I I was hearing like Josh Williamson talk about it, and he's like, yeah, I mean Barry's the first person who kind of learned about the multiverse, so it makes sense for him to be like Earth's representative for the multiversity. Yeah, and like honestly, absolutely, if that's, if that's where he's gonna be for forever. I'm, I don't really have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, as long as the stories keep going good, they they don't yeah. seem to last very long when they're out in space in the DC universe. Though that bums me yeah. out. I I loved. I know I'm like maybe one of three people, but I loved Justice League Odyssey, and it it just floundered, man. That was a bummer. Yeah, I think you're one of the three people that actually read Justice League Odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> Yeah, I tried a few times yeah, to read that. Time, I yeah. still want to get back into it, yeah. but it, it when I had to curb my pull list, that was one of the unfortunate cutoffs, like, twice. But it, it yeah. really was an interesting concept, that one. It was a pretty yeah. good story. I enjoyed it anyway. Yeah, so with The Flash, I thought this is a great hook issue for new readers as well. For somebody not familiar with comics or new to comics, just jump in with this. And there's yeah, very sure little was. backstory to really to catch up on. The art was fantastic, all around. I think that Raptor looks yep. so cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does. Raptor with the speed forces. It crazy. is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so so I said before that I was mad that they won't quit picking on Wally. They always <laughs> do, and I'm tired of it. But this story was cool. Wally's bouncing through time mm-hmm. into people who can handle his connection to the speed yeah. force. First he was the caveman, now he's Bart. That's that's pretty awesome, man. It 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 could get really wacky and fun and I'm looking forward oh, to yeah. it. I just I just hope oh, it yeah. doesn't go full trope and get too boring and predictable. And next issue Gold Beetle is coming back. I loved her when she first showed up in the Future State Black Adam book for yeah. sure. And I'm super stoked to see her coming into more titles. Definitely. Yeah. I'm happy to say that I finally got a Flash issue that I can appreciate. It's been a long, long time. This one gets an eight from me, man. The art is done amazing. And there was like, what, six people on this? Yeah. It it yeah, uses thick lines sometimes. Huh? Say again? I said three at least. Yeah. And, and it uses thick lines sometimes which i'm not a fan of but it does it really well here it's not overpowering it's not chunky mm-hmm. and and all of the coloring sells mm-hmm. it beautifully i'm eager to see what happens next it definitely deserves an eight out of ten man i i had to give this a little higher this was a nine out of ten for me i was enamored with oh, this wow. issue rob <laughs> all in yeah <laughs> Yeah, I um I, I did really appreciate this issue. One for putting Wally kind of back in the center, which is something that definitely feels mm-hmm. long overdue. Two for, sure. for just being a lot of fun. Um, it's not necessarily bogged down with like any depressing, sad, angsty kind of thing. Which is funny because 
to the issues that we're talking about have exactly that and are about Tom King. But anyway, um, <laughs> right. no, it was just a lot of fun. And it was like Rob said, it was, it felt perfect for new readers, for young readers. And I, I just, I had a lot of fun reading it. And I, I kind of hope that this is the direction they keep Wally in, just kind of keep moving him forward. And the less we have to hear about that time that he killed all those people, uh, the better. The better. So, yeah, much better. So I gave this one a 7.75 out of 10. Uh, probably definitely give it an 8.75 on a bright sunny day. Right on. All right. Keeping up with some sci-fi weirdness, let's check in on Adam Strange in Strange Adventures number nine. So this issue was brought to us by our favorite writer, Tom <laughs> King, with art from Mitch Gerrids and uh, Evan Doc Shaner. So this issue continues uh, the bi narrative that Tom has been telling uh, with Adam uh, as he kind of follows uh, Adam essentially breaking back into one of the picked controlled cities um, and uh, really just kind of planning an assault there. They release some gas, which is really meant to drive the um, picks out of their city uh, where they will be ripe for the slaughter uh, as they open up this chasm and just essentially lead them all to their death. Meanwhile, on Earth, uh, in the present, we catch up on Adam Strange as they are continuing with the picked invasion. And this issue kind of just revolves around Adam checking in with members of the Justice League as he converses back and forth with Alana, who basically informs him that the report has been released on you know his activities that they've been following since the first issue. Uh, and the decision that they've reached is that Adam can essentially never hold Justice League membership again. So Adam first Because is, of excessive use of force during yes, the war. Yes, because of excessive use According of force. According to the Justice League's yeah. investigation. Um, but Adam is, is particularly surprised because... This is a report that has come from Batman, not from Mr. Terrific, which seemed to be their motivation. It's the person they hired to investigate Adam. And so basically we see Adam taking out uh, picked soldiers. He goes to talk with Batman, who basically isn't taking any crap from him right now after Adam is basically trying to plead his innocence. And uh, even though Batman gets shot while they're fighting the picked soldiers and Adam tries to save him... Um, you know, he's still kind of getting told about what he's doing wrong. And then um, we cut to an interview with Alana. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's... Is that Seth Meyers? I think it might be. I'm not entirely sure. But uh, basically, this particular scene is meant to just kind of let Alana clear the air and talk about what really happened Um you know, during the picked invasion of Ran. Um, so all in all, I would say this issue, while it did not move the plot forward majorly, uh, which I kind of felt the same way about the last issue, um, it did have mm -hmm. some really strong moments, uh, particularly with um, kind of uh, Alana and the TV interviewer, who, like I said, may or may not be uh, Seth Meyers. There's a great moment with Adam and Superman. Uh, and I think one of my favorite moments um, in the issue is just um, kind of that moment where the picks are fleeing from the city and you see that chasm 
just open up and swallow them whole. And you kind of really get to see the enormity of the violence that Adam um, just brought on the picks uh, throughout this war. So um, I enjoyed this issue, again, even if it didn't move forward the plot. We're kind of sticking with the picked invasion, and I get the feeling that with only three issues left, we're probably going to stick with this same formula of Adam fighting picked soldiers on Earth. Um, but I, I very much enjoyed the writing. The art is amazing, kind of goes without saying. So I gave this one an 8.25 out of 10, uh, probably an 8.75 on a really good day. Uh, Rob, what did you think? Yeah, I feel like not much really happened in this issue. Like like you said, it was yeah not, not much plot moving with this one i just really want to know what happened to Aaliyah, but yeah. i feel like they're they're gonna keep that for the last issue or they're gonna pull it like a mr miracle and leave it very open-ended and we won't really get complete plot resolution yeah i'm afraid that's what i'm happen. afraid yeah. of yeah well, that's he's what i'm afraid of supposed to be doing a sequel he's to mr miracle but that doesn't necessarily mean there'll be a sequel to strange adventures and who knows if we ever do yeah. get the sequel yeah it's and Keep in mind, the dude is writing a new God's. That's movie very too. true, yeah. So and a new Supergirl series, so right. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, he's doing uh, the Supergirl that's, series. Ugh. Tom sure. King on Supergirl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really? I think it could be interesting. <laughs> yeah, could be. Or it will be interesting. Uh, Not could. It will. You know. You know who I would like to see, uh, because of her latest series. Hmm. Who I would love to see write Supergirl is Mariko Tomato. Oh yes, I think that she could really get in and explore her personality, man. Yeah, yeah she really did that good. Supergirl miniseries with Joel Jones back during Rebirth. It wasn't in continuity. It was like Supergirl being super or something like that. It might have been a YA graphic novel, but yeah, no, I don't know. I, I think I'm, it was I'm, a YA graphic novel, but I yeah. would love to see her do like a, a like a serious version of that. Yeah, but yeah, Rob, what did you rate this issue? Uh, so honestly, I, as much as I do enjoy this series and I do enjoy Tom King from time to time, this one was kind of lacking for the 12 issues, mm-hmm. and I gave this a 6.5 out of 10. Yeah. Josh, what did you think? So they begin to find out that Adam got a little aggressive during the picked war. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's war. Yeah. I feel like it's a little ridiculous, to be honest. Yeah. And the the entire approach of the Justice League condemning him because yeah. it's excessive force in war is it's silly, well it's silly mm-hmm. as hell. It's very every single silly. member of the Justice yeah. League has used excessive force against super dangerous enemies. What also, sets I, I them find apart? The, I find the fact that Batman is chiding Adam Strange on the use of excessive force <laughs> yeah. particularly hilarious. When he'll send like, right? Gotham hoods to the hospitals and like body casts, it's just like it's Superman as well. He yeah. doesn't hold back when he fights people like Mongol. No. Yeah, when 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 it's necessary to defend your home, you've got to do what's necessary. You know. Yeah. I just I don't see how it's any different at all. I mean, yeah. it's it just it's ridiculous. This seems mm. silly. It yeah. really started to get my interest, this arc. Mm. Um, but now I'm back to being very blah about it and bored. Mm, the Justice League disapproves and will release even more evidence soon about him, whatever he had to do in order to win a war. Mm-hmm. Now, if it turns out he started it, that's a totally different story. 
but the, still the premise of the the whole thing is it's a little too super friends for me you know yeah. it, the the yeah, the, the, the justice league being a little high and mighty yeah okay so there was a shining moment in this arc but i fear that it has passed other than the art of course it's that that is always gorgeous mm-hmm. uh shaner and mm-hmm. gerard they're 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 amazing but that's not yeah. enough to save the issue, and I give this one a 5.75 out of 10. The art contributed greatly to that score in a positive way. <laughs> I, I, it, does, it doesn't have none. It doesn't move the story. Yeah, the, it, the premise is silly. Yuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, fair <laughs> enough. It, it, like I said, my, my interest hasn't, it hasn't dropped or anything. I mean, it's kind of the same place. So at the very least, I can say it's consistent for me. Um, but yeah, there are definitely some sillier moments. Like I said, I enjoyed the moment with Adam and Superman. Um, but I, I just found the idea of Batman chiding Adam Strange on excessive force or even brutality uh, in a war. Yeah, exactly. He, he'll often use the phrase, you know, Gotham is a war zone, and he's the soldier, and that sort of thing. Like, it just feels exactly. kind of crazy. But um, his whole yeah. thing is do whatever's necessary. Yeah. yeah, Wonder Woman's whole thing is do whatever's necessary. Yeah, Superman is well. He's not do whatever's necessary, but he's well. I'll push back as hard as you push me. Yeah, yeah. Wonder yeah. Woman broke somebody's neck it takes before. To protect those closest to him. Right. Uh huh. Okay, I'm done picking on Tom. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, for our next issue, you better hop into your DeLorean because it is time to go back to the future (laughs) or future state to be specific with Superman versus Imperious Lex. Number three, the big finale. Josh, what's future Superman been up to? Well, it was it was written by Mark Russell with art from Steve Pugh and Romulo Fiardo Jr. And a cover by Yannick Paquette and Nathan Fairbairn. Carlos M. Maguire was on the letters. But this is a straggler from Future State, just like Brandon said, and there's no real reason for it to have come out so late. So was it worth the wait? It's <laughs> it starts off with the United Planets deciding how to handle Lex and his intergalactic crimes. Of course, Superman and Lois do their moral compass thing and convince the United Planets to accept refugees from Lexor. Lois and Clark go back to Lexor, but they stop to reprogram the reticulants that Superman disabled last issue. The only problem is that the while they the only problem is while they were traveling there, well, Luther blamed the escape of Superman and Lois on X99, his personal assistant robot, and he banishes him to the moon where the reticulants were at, where Superman and Lois were headed to. And because he's desperate for Lex Luthor's love, the robot fixed all of them, but they didn't retain their original programming. So they go to the closest planet, which is, of course, Lexor, and they begin to harvest the gems and people there. (laughs) Superman shows up and takes care of the reticulants and then begins to battle a suited-up Luthor. One of Lex's subjects find out that the reticulants were built by Lex, their benefactor, and they all begin to revolt. Now Lex has a huge mountain of those red crystals and they harness the red sun radiation so they weaken Superman. After the people toppled it during the revolt, Superman comes back and saves the day. It ends with Superman and Lois taking Lex back to Earth. The art was amazing in this. I really, really enjoyed it. 
everything was as it should be and superman's costume is pretty cool in this one i i gotta mm-hmm. say i gotta haul that out that that big white stripe that goes down the middle he looks a little sporty <laughs> <laughs> um i don't so i enjoy mark russell's writing usually this just felt really generic and unsubstantial I don't. I don't feel like I read a comic book. I felt like I read a really long comic strip. Does I mean? I don't, does that make sense? You know, it just that. it was that kind of yeah. schlocky feel to it. It was you know unnecessary, not really plot driven, just done. And on top of that being an unnecessary and unconnected book to anything else, I'm a bit disappointed here. That said, it still gets a, a six out of ten. It's it's not that bad, but you know, it's just a comic book. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I have to agree. Uh, mm-hmm. This issue is kind of a disappointing and not terrible in any sense, just not, I don't know, as memorable as the first two. It just, yeah, it felt very run-of-the-mill. The artwork by Steve Pugh is as impressive as always, but that's just not enough to, to carry the book for me. So I ended and up predictable. Giving, yeah, and predictable. So I ended up giving this one a 6.5 out of 10. I think that was almost certainly because I just really enjoyed the first two issues and I, I wanted to give this one a little bit of a higher score but uh, yeah, yeah this is one as a, as a solid 6.5 for me I don't even think that would change on a on a bright and sunny day it's just going to stay right where it is yeah Rob what do you All think right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm on the same camp as you guys but my, my score is a little higher it really like the second issue had a really good ending and you could have ended it there, and it wouldn't have been yeah. any different. It would have been perfect. This issue did feel a little overdone. It felt like it wasn't necessary, but I still had a fun time reading it. The art was fun. The story was fun. I felt like, across all three issues, it felt like one of those really classic campy tales that you just mm. go to your basement, pull out an issue, read for like old time's sake, and it's just fun. There's not anything to it. And I, that's what I enjoyed about this. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10 because I had so much fun oh, wow. reading this. Yeah. But that, that 8 yeah, point... See, I, I get what you're saying. I might go back and enjoy reading this 20 years from now. Yeah. But, you know, just because it's, eh, you know, it's, you don't, I don't have to read anything. If I want to sit back and read an old comic mm-hmm. book, you know, I could just grab this. But... Yeah. It was it was so bland. Yeah. I mean, the, the okay. So the the original premise, it, the whole thing. I just I thought the whole arc was crappy. I would totally prefer to have seen this in that round robin tournament earlier yeah. against any of the books that I want to read. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> did not need to be a future state title though. No, it just it felt unnecessary. Yeah. Other than Superman's costume and the really great art, it it just wasn't. Yeah. There. Yeah, or you could have condensed it, I think, and like Rob said, just make it two issues or even a, a oversized issue. Yeah, like they did with exactly. um, Superman House of L, right? And even that one didn't right. necessarily feel like good. it had to be a future state title. It could have easily been an annual. Yeah, no, it didn't. Yeah. But um, yep. you know, maybe yeah, maybe if you condensed the story, kept it streamlined, and. I don't know. Maybe it didn't have to be under Future State, but yeah. I'm, I'm sure there was a better way that you could have fixed the release. Yeah. Um, and and also, I think just because we're like a month into Infinite Frontier and Future State's kind of in the past, it just feels very out of place to have it here when we've kind of all moved forward. So 
yeah, it didn't really do it for me. Gotcha. What's right. up next, man? Yep. And finally, we circle back to Tom King and his terrific tales with Batman Catwoman <laughs> number four. Um, I don't know why I said terrific tales, because this week's issue of Batman Catwoman was not quite so terrific. So Ooh. this issue, I know, <laughs> dun, 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 uh, no, this issue uh, didn't really have a lot going for it, if I'm being entirely honest. Uh, the issue opens with a group of people skating at an ice rink with uh, uh, Hark the Herald Angel Sing playing in the background because Tom, Le- because Tom King loves to use song lyrics. While we are met with a narration of coming from the phantasm, basically saying that, you know, this is the future and that the future starts today. Then we jump to another future where Helena Wayne, the new Batwoman, is running around asking for information about the Joker, but coming up short. Uh, and she goes to talk to Penguin, who basically says that, you know, I can't really help you then we jump to another narrative uh in the past where bruce wayne and selena kyle are getting ready for some kind of gala uh and catwoman who we know has been in contact with the joker basically informs batman that there is going to be a bomb under the gotham ice rink the joker put it there and that there's only 20 minutes to defuse the bomb and that they'll have to abandon the party then i And this is the part where I started to get lost. I I wasn't sure if this conversation with the Phantasm uh, as Selina goes down into the Batcave takes place after they're aware of the bomb or before. I think it's after. I got the impression that it was after. Okay, yeah. Okay. What did you think? Uh, I was just confused the whole issue. I was having trouble trying to keep track of what timeline was where. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I'm like, I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, I have like a timeline that I tried to draw so I could make sense of it. And I don't even, when I just had like a question mark next to it. But anyway, we go back to Helena Wayne, who is uh, now interrogating Tweedledee and Tweedledum, who are in old home playing Go Fish. uh, And she kind of has a, a... quick run through of a variety of old Batman villains. We see uh, the ventriloquist, we see uh, Clayface, and we see presumably Nora Freeze, who is now guarding over the body of Victor Freeze. All of them are basically giving Helena the same information, that they don't really know where the Joker is, what necessarily happened to him, uh, but they are aware of some kind of connection between Catwoman and Joker. Um, which seems to allude to some future conflict between Helena and Selina. Um, But then we cut to Batman, who is defusing the bomb, only to find out that it was all a prank by Joker, and that it was never really going to explode, or at least I think that's what it's saying, as it just flashes the symbol, ha-ha. And then we go back to the Batcave, where Selina and the Phantasm are discussing the actions of the Joker, given that the Joker murdered the Phantasm, Andrea Beaumont's son, and kind of how Batman's perpetual battle with Joker is ultimately going nowhere. And yeah, yeah, we've seen it all before. 
So then we cut to a conversation between Selena and Penguin, and Selena is basically interrogating Penguin on, you know, what did she say to Helena? She knows that Helena was here interrogating her earlier, but she wants to know the exact information that Penguin gave to her. Penguin is kind of being coy about it, so Selena sticks her cat on Penguin's penguin, and we get this horrifying imagery of the cat essentially mauling the penguin and uh, looking up at us with its (laughs) bloody mouth. Then we go back to the past where... Hey, do you think that was the black cat from Ram V's run in in Catwoman? The one that tries to steal Catwoman's jewelry? Probably (laughs) not. That would be fun, though. Probably not. I think it's just some random cat. But yeah, then we go back to the past where Batman is catching up with Catwoman after having defused the bomb. And Catwoman... And Batman are being a little tense with each other, particularly Batman, who is kind of asking where the Joker is, but the casual flirtiness of the conversation is completely gone uh, because Batman is now aware of this connection between Joker and Catwoman uh, that has kind of been going on behind the scenes this whole time, starting from when that guy was murdered in issue one and everything else and uh that's where our issue ends uh so ooh, this issue was rough um yeah. uh at least for me um oh you're not alone <laughs> yeah what can i say um tom king juggling a bi narrative in strange adventures has mixed results at times but i enjoy it Tom King juggling a tri-narrative in Batman Catwoman is just very, very messy. Um, and I have not been the biggest fan of this series. I've kept up with it out of curiosity, but this issue did not help. It felt very all over the place. The timeline got particularly confusing during the scenes between Selina and the Phantasm and Selina and Bruce, where I'm just not entirely sure where it's happening, what's going on. And I felt like it just was a lot of filler the art was really good in some places although i felt that there was a lot of space wasted that felt like you could have used it for some explanation as to what the timeline is and it was just kind of used for action scenes or or whatever else um so i don't know this this issue did not do it for me and uh i i gave this one a 4.5 out of 10 Maybe five Ooh. on a, a, a better day, but I was not a fan. Rob, you didn't sound too thrilled with it either. Yeah, yeah that, it, it was really messy. Like I said before, I was just getting confused about what era was oh, yeah. what we were looking at. The only thing that made sense was, well, I, I say makes sense, but the only time where you know where you are is Helena as Batwoman or whatever yeah. her costume oh, is. Yeah. Yeah. That was the only time I felt like I was... Yeah, that, that, aware of what was going exactly. on. Exactly, that was honestly the most interesting part: is seeing all the villains in the future and where they've ended yeah. up. I liked that, but yeah, it, it was it's just messy. I was excited for this book when it was announced, mm-hmm. and now I'm just like, yep. we're only at issue four. Oh, it's going to take forever. Yeah, <laughs> I know, and I'm, I'm I'm already feeling tired. Yeah, I, I loved in Tom King's run of Batman. I loved that he was pushing the batman catwoman romance that was one thing i i absolutely loved about that entire run and when he was pushing the marriage i thought okay this is it like that i love when writers take those elseworld stories or like those future stories that one day could be picked up and then they actually bring them into the current continuity i love that stuff 
and then he dropped the ball on that and it was all a patsy and then he promised us more romance in this and again he's yeah. dropping the ball it's all a patsy it's just ugh. Stop tugging at my heartstrings. Yeah. So, what did you rate this issue? <laughs> this, I, I will say, I gave it a six out of ten, just for mm. the future scenes with Helena, and they did kind of pique my curiosity with what's going on with Catwoman and Joker. All the villains hinting at something, which will probably alludes to nothing in the end, but it, it's got me a little more curious. So yeah, six out of ten yeah. for me. Yeah, Josh, what did you think? Uh, what can I say? This was the Tom King story. Yeah. Second one this week. I'm so lucky. Yeah. But honestly, honestly, so far this one is promising. I oh. love Phantasm, of course. And the majority of the book was good. I don't mind flipping around in the timelines. I've read plenty like that. This one just has an extra one. <laughs> Helena Wayne's personality is great the way she's being written and her costume is seriously badass mm-hmm. and the last four pages were stellar and I mean stellar like Constellation stellar that double page splash and then the dialogue between Batman and Catwoman hell yes but okay so the the idea that Joker and Selina were friends just doesn't fit with anything that I that I have ever seen that I can remember I've been a fan of Catwoman since her sister's keeper from way back in the day, showing my age there. <laughs> I don't remember them ever being friends, and I don't remember her being at the top of the food chain in the criminal underworld either. Yeah. Now, that said, this is Black Label, so we have to make allowances for it basically being an Alt-Worlds title, like Rob said. Mm. So taking that into consideration... With the really, really good art that was in this and the fact that we're working all of these different characters in. And I am actually, I'm, like I said, I'm having an, uh, an easy time taking the timelines chunk by chunk. I guess I can just kind of figure out by the dialogue where we're at. And, man, you guys are going to shit bricks. I just gave a Tom King story an 8 out of 10. Oh, my Ooh. God. Oh, my yeah. God. Next up, Riley Ross. <laughs> breaking news. Breaking news. All <laughs> right. <laughs> That's crazy. You man. you gave I'm, it I'm you crazy. gave it an eight out of ten. And I gave it a four point five. The world right. is upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that right? <laughs> the, you, you've been uh, enjoying Bendis this month. You've been enjoying Tom King this month. What's yeah. next? Oh, wait a minute. When was I enjoying Bendis? I, I thought you enjoyed the Justice League title. A, oh. a little bit. Well, it was, it was, yeah, damn it. It was good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, the seizures are messing with my brain. I'm going crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wish I could have enjoyed it this week, but uh, I don't know. This, this series just, this is the, this is the, like, the, the series that's kind of the dud for me. Like Rorschach and Strange Adventures, those are the ones that I'm kind of, more interested slash involved in Batman Catwoman just I don't know just falls flat for me maybe maybe mm-hmm. it's because I'm still holding a grudge from City of Bane but I don't know just, <laughs> oh, it just I, wasn't that, I'm me. hardcore yeah. holding a grudge from dang near that entire run especially yeah. City of Bane yeah. it was so messed up yeah. I'm pissed that Alfred was killed it, oh it, it just aggravated me on every level 
Oh yeah, every single level. <laughs> yeah. Death is definitely a revolving door in comics, as we all know. I'm just wonder if they're if somebody's ever actually going to bring Alfred back. Oh, I'm sure they. Will. We get them in flashbacks yeah. all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm sure at some point you'll they'll find a way to to bring him back so they can have the the old Batman status quo again. Mm-hmm. I hope not because mm-hmm. I like the direction that he's in now. Yeah, you know, yeah, not cool. having that that guy on call all the time that will do literally anything you need at the drop of a hat. <laughs> You know, having having to be more resourceful himself that yeah. that makes for an interesting, a more interesting book. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly a, a different direction. So yeah, he can yeah. no longer say his superpower is he's rich. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Now it's time to pick the top three books of the week and your favorite panel of the week. Rob, what was your favorite panel of the week, and what were your top three books for this week? Okay, so my top three, and this is going to be a little difficult Mm -hmm. uh number three i put as batman catwoman i did find it a little more interesting just with the helena wayne parts and Mm -hmm. some of the the art panels were more interesting to me than strange adventures so that got me at number three was so cool it is yeah (laughs) number two i have superman versus imperious lex Uh, just a fun read i i enjoyed it it yeah it was a little lacking but is a fun read it's just the kind of book you just shut off, forget about the world, and just yeah. you know absorb the world. And number one was the Flash. I was in love with this issue, and I cannot wait to see where it goes. And my best panel, I was, I want to give an honorable mention to that one-page spread with the cat after ripping oh, the yeah. penguin's throat out. Yeah, that was that good. was beautiful and gory. It, I lo- that that one is what brought that panel alone is probably what brought Batman Catwoman to number three for me. Yeah. But my best panel just for the fun of it was Wally in prehistoric times, just being Fred Flintstone. <laughs> that was fun. Sliding right. down the Brachiosaurus. Yep. It do. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> when, when he landed there in the prehistoric times and he had a loincloth on at first, <laughs> I was like, how the hell did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But then, you know, he looked in the pool and saw he was a caveman. Yeah. So. But, uh, how, what are my top three? Um, my top three are going to be Superman versus Imperious Lex. That uh, that was a fun read. It wasn't, it wasn't much, but it was a fun read. It was just a comic book. Mm-hmm. Number two, Tom King makes his way into my top three Ooh. at number two with Batman Catwoman. And number one, I... Uh, just seeing Wally back and not painted as a bad guy, it, it makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. To have a flashbook that I'm enjoying makes me so happy. Joshua Williamson had the habit, and this was, it happened over, literally all the time throughout his 100-issue run. I think it might have even been more than that. But in any case, yeah, I think it was right um, he would set up great, amazing stories. And then he would forget yeah. them, like the like yeah. all like all the different other forces. I mean, what the hell happened to that entire storyline? And then I have no there idea. was this whole there was this whole thing where if they if they used their powers, they would blow up. And then that was that that rule was running through the rest of the arc 
when it was necessary, but they could run whenever it was convenient. Yeah. It was just horrible for me. I could I couldn't yeah. enjoy it. But now this this fills me with so much joy. <laughs> yeah, there I mean for I, me I'm, there I'm were ha- definitely happy. moments of Joshua Williamson's run that I was like oh, that was like a satisfying arc. But as a whole, I can't say it was like great. Um like I know for me I really enjoyed they the first arc that they did with Reverse Flash running scared like that was pretty good. Yeah, um, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty good. But then like when they did the the arc with the negative Flash, like Barry was slowly having the negative Speed Force, they just kind of yeah, had it for that, was... that one arc and then it just kind of went away. Yeah. Yep. That's what I'm saying. They just drop these big, yeah, huge exactly. things when they're in the middle of it. And it's like, okay, we're done with that now. Oh, okay. No thanks. Bye. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was thinking about his run after reading this week's Flash, and I, I just realized that what I loved about it, they were all, every story arc, there was all great ideas, but just the execution was lacking. And I found it in every exactly. story. Yeah. And you know what? That's the exact same way that I feel about Brian Michael Bendis. The oh, characters yeah. that he comes up with and the ideas that he comes up with are great. Somebody else just needs to write. Them. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. 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 No, that's, uh, that seems to be with like a lot of them, especially the Marvel stuff. I know we're the DC show, but like, I think I have like a list of a lot of the Marvel characters that he created that didn't really get their personalities until after he stopped writing them. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And Miles Morales is probably the only one that I would say he had a good grasp on. Yeah, but like like Layla Miller, nobody no, cared about Layla Miller not. until she was in X Factor and that was all Peter exactly. David. So yeah. that's like yep. yeah, no. <laughs> He's like that that's his whole shtick is inventing new people. Yeah. He's the idea guy. Even if they're new big bads, and then they get slammed away in like three panels yeah. after a huge three issue setup. Exactly. But yeah, my top three books for this week coming in at number three, I had Superman versus Imperious Lex number three. Um, while it wasn't the best conclusion and was kind of weak overall, I had a, a decent enough time with it that, you know, a uh, I think I like I said I, I gave it a higher score because I really enjoyed the first two issues and you know it it it, it, it was fine. Um, coming in at number two, I had the Flash number seven sixty eight. Great to see Wally as the Flash again. Really fun setup moving forward. I'm hoping these are the kind of fun sci-fi stories they tell moving forward. And then at number one, I had Strange Adventures number nine, actually. Even though Tom King had arguably one of the biggest duds this week, Strange Adventures, for me, number nine, was still pretty strong. Um, And um, I'm still interested in the mystery, and I love the art, and I love Adam Strange. So it it, it just kind of worked for me in some places, even if some of the scenes with some characters like Batman just kind of seemed silly when you kind of really analyze them. Uh, but my panel of the week definitely has to go to that double-page spread. I think it's of Wally after he first wakes up in, like, the Jurassic times. And you just kind of see, like, all the grandeur Everything. of the Jurassic times. And he's just kind of, oh, like, yeah. standing in the vast. Uh, and it's just really beautiful. So uh, props to 
think his name is Marco Santucci, the artist. Props to them. Yep. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. I forgot to give my favorite moment. That's going to be the double-page splash of Catwoman in the Bat-Cat book. Yeah. That was absolutely gorgeous, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Catwoman didn't have... <laughs> you know, with... Go Catwoman ahead. didn't have two ass cheeks this week, so that's that's always a plus. <laughs> <laughs> right? Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> I guess with only four books, it's pretty easy to place the stinker, huh? Yeah, so... Yeah. It is time for the biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. And I think we kind of know which title made our biggest stink list today, but let's just see what we got. Uh, Rob, what was your biggest stinker for this week? Oh, f- I, I get the feeling we already know. <laughs> yeah, for me, Strange Adventures. Yeah, it, it just it was like a filler issue almost. Mm. It, yeah. Art was fun. Some of the interactions were fun. That final word bubble from adam strange was mm. a nice hook but who knows if it'll go anywhere this this really felt like a filler yeah. issue yeah josh what was your biggest stinker for this week oh it's the same uh strange adventures of Ooh. course other than gerard and shaner's art in here that that shines the i you can't knock okay. their art it's beautiful these guys should be on much better books <laughs> <laughs> Um, other than the art, man, I feel like it definitely deserves its spot this week. It's mm. just really weak with the Justice League acting all high and mighty and then not taking care of the problems themselves but handing it over to the U.S. government to do it. It's just, it was really, I feel like it was lazy writing, man. Mm. Yuck. Yeah, That's no, my that's, biggest stinker. That's fair. Yeah, no, my, my biggest stinker is not Strange Adventures, but the other Tom King book that I had to talk about, Batman Catwoman number four. It just <laughs> did not do it for me this week. It's too jumbled, too messy, and and handling three timelines is just... I mean, maybe it was just this issue, I don't know, but uh, I, I had kind of been feeling that way for the past three issues, and this one certainly didn't help, so that was easily my biggest stinker for this week. Just not satisfied. And that's the show. Come back next week for more DC Comics talk. We'll be reviewing Batman number 107, Crime Syndicate number 2, Suicide Squad number 2, Green Lantern number 1, and The Swamp Thing number 2. We'll see you there. And as always, you amazing humans out there, thank you so very much for listening. You're the reason why we do this. Visit campsite.bio forward slash notarobotcomics to hear all of our episodes on nearly any podcast platform. And patreon.com forward slash notarobotpodcast for the exclusive content that we make for our patrons from all of our offerings. Kids Corner, Real Talk, Movies, TV, and more. Again, starting at just $1 a month. Visit notarobotpodcast.com and that will take you to everywhere you need to go for everything Not A Robot. And with that, there is only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other and don't be a robot.
Let's go, 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 let's go